Good evening. It's indeed a pleasure to be before you on tonight. I praise God for my pastors, Bishop James F. Harris, Lady Sylvia Harris, for our, our elders, our leaders, and wives, everyone in their respective place, looking forward to getting back out on this Sunday. So on tonight, we're going to move a bit further into moving with purpose. The last time we talked about moving with purpose and we sort of spent most of our time talking about the moving and hopefully I evoke, hope to evoke the thought that we want to make sure that we check our motive with our movements, why we're doing what we're doing and, and things of that nature. On tonight, I want to spend the bulk of the time on purpose and, you know, uh, growing up how I grew up, if someone hit you or stepped on your foot or something, they'd say, you meant it, you did it on purpose, meaning, you know, you you kind of thought about it and you had some type of um, preconceived notion for what you were going to do. On tonight, I want to talk about moving in purpose, meaning what's our purpose or what is it that God has purpose for us to do in this hour and in the, in this day. Um, before I do get in, I would like to um, breathe a word of prayer as well. And so let's just take a moment and praise God, Lord. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for yet another opportunity. Lord, we thank you because we know that you do all things well, Lord. I surrender myself unto you, Lord, asking you to have your way in me, Lord, with my mouth and with my mind, Lord. Let the thoughts come forth as you would have them to come. Lord, meet our needs now in the name of Jesus. We know that you, you're well able to do it, Lord, and it's according to your will. We'll give your name all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Amen. So moving with purpose and basically moving in purpose and, and perhaps even in your purpose. So on tonight, I want to talk about that a bit uh, and then uh, do a quick example. And then I want to um, wrap up with, with a story. But before I move forward, there are just a few affirmations that I want to say. They're certainly for me and hopefully they will benefit you as well. Uh, you are not an accident. I'm not an accident. Even before the universe was created, God had you and me in mind. He planned us for certain purposes. And it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we even heard of Christ, he had his eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose is that he's working everything out and everyone according to his will and for his good and our good, of course. And then for everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him. That is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we must find our purpose in him. And this is what he says in Isaiah 44 and 2a. He says, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born, long before you were conceived by your parents, you were conceived in the mind of God. Isn't that something to know that God has been thinking about us all of this time, that nothing really happens by happenstance? And so again on tonight, I want to press a bit more into moving with purpose and more so in our purpose or purposes, if you will. Some people know what their purpose are. And I often like to go to the Bible and leverage examples from there because many of us are familiar with those stories. Um, but 
some people were able to just really embrace their purpose and fully lean into it, so to speak. I mean, Jesus comes to mind right away for me. You know, he even said when his parents went back looking for him, he said, you know, didn't you know I would be about my father's business, so to speak? And Joseph is another one that comes to mind. Joseph was the one who had the coat of many colors. And, um, you know, he had this dream that his brothers would bow down to him. He leaned into that and he even shared his dream. And so he sort of kind of embraced it. And, and so did David. You know, uh, David was anointed king and he, you know, he never said he didn't want to do it. So, you know, he sort of moved on. So there's some of us who already know what our purpose is or know some purposes that God has in our lives. And, and some of us have freely moved forth in it. Praise God for you. And then there's some of us who, ah, We've heard those purposes and we're like, hmm, I don't know. Do you really mean me? You know, some of us have kind of struggled a little bit with it, like Moses, you know, and sometimes that struggling might be because of, you know, what God has already given us in the physical element. Like Moses, he says, you know, don't, you know, I stutter, you know, I don't speak well. Or even Ruth, she kind of didn't lean into her purpose quite so much. You know, Ruth was the one who was to go before the king. And she was like, hey, you don't know, there's some rules here that I need to follow. And if I don't follow these rules, it could not be so good for me. So at the end of the day, we're talking about purpose and moving in purpose and hopefully in the purpose that God has designed us uniquely for. And what I want to stress again is that sometimes we embrace them. Sometimes we, we don't. But either way, no matter what, what we do know is that all things are going to happen according to God's purpose. And if I might add a paraphrase to the end of that, it would be also in according to his timing. So I said that Jesus kind of embraced his, you know, in the beginning, he sort of said, you know, my time has not yet come. And he went on to say, you know, even when he performed his first miracle at a wedding feast, he says, my hour is not yet here. So so even though we understand what our purpose is, we also recognize that we have to be sensitive to the timing and the move of God when God is is bringing us into the fruition of that. And David. You know, David had been anointed king, but did you know that it was maybe 15 or so years in between David being anointed as king and him actually becoming king? 15 years. And um, and Joseph, I used him as an example. He was the one who we said just kind of, you know, leaned into his gift. It was nearly 14 years between Joseph having his dream and to his brothers eventually, you know, bowing down to him as he had become second in command in Egypt. And so, so I share all of this with you on tonight because I want to echo the words of our pastor um, as he shared them with us on this past Sunday, that we have to fight the good fight of faith and love. And if we're going to be moving in our purpose, we definitely need to fight the good fight of faith, believing God for what he said and what he's spoken over our lives. And then also for love, particularly as we deal with the challenges as we're moving in our purpose. And I would say to you on tonight, with all of the great purpose that God has placed on the inside of you, who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Who knoweth? That's what um, uh, was said to Esther when she was questioning about, I don't know if I can move forth. I don't know if I can do what God called me to do. But the question that was put forth to her was, who knoweth if you were called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now, our scripture text on tonight, I'd like to take a moment and read that, talk a little bit more about purpose and knowing the will of God, and then I'll go back to that text and, like I said, wrap things up with a summary. Our scripture comes from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1, 
And I'll be reading verses one through four in the New King James Version. Again, it's the book of Nehemiah, chapter one, verses one through four. And it reads as such. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, it came to pass in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Verse 3, and they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. In verse four, so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Amen. And so in this scripture here, we are going to learn a little bit more about Nehemiah and how he was moving in his purpose. But to sort of set the stage about that, I want to take some time and talk about, you know, knowing God's will. How do you know you're moving in your purpose? How do you know what God's purpose is for you? How do you know if God is unctioning you or moving on you to pray for someone or to intercede for someone or even be a blessing to someone? How do you know all of that is according to God's purpose? After all, we're talking about moving with purpose and moving in our purpose, if you will, on tonight. And what we do know that it is indeed God's desire for us to know his will. It's not his, his, his MO is not to hide his will from us, but it is for us to understand what's going on with him. We know this because in uh, the New Testament, in the book of James, God says that he calls us friends. He says, thou believest and that there is one God. And, and he goes on to say, but if you are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you, henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard of my father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatsoever ye shall ask in my father's name, he may give it you. I stand corrected. That scripture comes from John chapter 15, verses 14 through 16. So what we see here is that it is indeed God's desire for us to know his will and for us to know his purpose. And he's sort of, he's calling us friend, friend, my goodness, friend. He said the same thing to Abraham, you know, when God went forth and he, you know, he was going to destroy the city of Sodom and he went and sought out Abraham. And, um, you know, and he says, um, he just said to him, um, we have to say to the Lord, not according to my will, but God's will be done. But when he was talking to Abraham, he said, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And then he called Abraham friend. And just as he called Abraham friend, he's also calling us friend. And because he does call us friend, he's willing to share what his desire is, what his will is for our life and in our lives. But the question is not necessarily, do we know what God's will is? And maybe that is the question for some of us. But the bigger question is, do we have the mind to do the will of God? As God reveals his will unto us, do we have the mind 
to do the will of God? Are we willing to humble ourselves, to beat back our flesh? Are we willing to die? I think it's John 12 and 24 that says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And so at the end of the day, as we talk about moving with purpose and moving in our purpose, one huge question that I'd like for you to answer, and I'm certainly answering it for myself, is as God reveals his will unto me, am I willing to do it? Am I willing to do it? Will I choose to do the will of God? And so one of the scriptures to drive this home is in Ephesians 5 and 17 and 20 that says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And don't be drunk with wine where in excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, And so let me just say here, we must be concerned about what God's will is, not only in our life, but what our purpose is, how God can use us. As I said earlier, we are not created by accident. We were fearfully and wonderfully made. God had his mind on us even before our parents met us. And God has a specific purpose and purposes for our lives. And I just challenge us on tonight that we want to start to move forth in those purposes. And, and, you know, if, as I said, you know, I believe that many of us know the will of God, but, you know, some might say, you know, I, I don't know if I know the will of God. I don't know. And, you know, I'm reminded of what our pastor sometimes says. Uh, his, uh, our first lady is a wonderful baker. And um, at least I've had her fruit cakes. They are amazing. And our pastor often says that, you know, you don't have to twist his arm to have him eat a piece of our first lady's pound cake. That is just so delicious that, you know, he's willing to eat it. He say that to say that as we're trying to understand the will of God, many times the spirit of the God that the spirit of God that leads on the inside of us will unction us and help us to understand what the will of God is. Many times God is challenging us to move out of our comfort zone, to do those things that we might be a slightly fearful of, or some of those things that we may not be quite as comfortable with. And so this is how we know many times that it's God's will. But the main way is to die to self, to have a person, a soul and a spirit that is surrendered to the spirit of God. We know that if we surrender our spirit to the spirit of God, then that spirit that's on the inside of us will lead us. After all, it is within him that we live and move and have our being. And the scriptures tell us that as many who are led by the spirit, these are the sons of God. So our our biggest challenge that we have is to do what Christ did. Christ died a physical death on the cross which was also known as Golgotha. Our challenge is to die a a spiritual death, if you will, have our soul men to die and pass away so that now we can be led by the spirit of God on the inside of us and so that we will not quench that spirit that is there. Indeed, indeed, we are fighting the good fight of faith and for um, our love, one for another and for Christ. And so then, as we're moving with purpose, you know, if if you need more detail around that, you might say, well, Jessica, okay, maybe I can feel the spirit, you know, maybe I can surrender myself 
How else would I know? Well, there's a couple of things that we can check for. Uh, one has to do with sort of like the workings in the environment. Like if God is moving in your spirit, asking you to move forth, asking you to pray for someone, asking you to go and do thus and such, asking you to minister here or intervene there. God can use us in so many different ways. One thing that we can check for is, is there a working in the environment? Is it available in the environment? Am I able to get there? I personally can recall one time in our church on 2200 Fairfax Avenue, there was a young lady that was way on the way opposite side of the church. And I had an unction in my spirit. The Lord had moved on me and, and said, go pray for her. It was doing prayer and, you know, the altar call portion of the service. Now, unfortunately, in my mind, I was rationalizing, well, God, there's altar call. Bishop just gave altar call. You know, if she was meant to go to the altar, she would have went. Maybe she doesn't know she needs prayer. And there I was kind of wrestling in my mind back and forth. Should I go? Should I not go? What if I go over? What if she rejects me? What if I'm not well received? What if nothing happens? And all of that time with me wrestling on the inside of myself, the next thing I know, service was over and everybody was filing out of the church. You know, several months later, I learned this, this same young lady came forth and gave an amazing testimony about how she was thinking about taking her life. And how she was just praising God that God saw fit to spare her. And I repented from that. And I recognized and I, I commissioned within myself at that point to say, God, when I feel the moving in me, even if I'm afraid of being embarrassed, even if I'm uncomfortable, even if it's on the other side of the church, even if it's on the other side of the state, Lord, if I know it's you that's calling me, because by now I know the voice of God, I'm going to move in purpose. I'm going to move forth. I'm going to do what you ask. I understand that you may be, you know, the church may be doing one thing, but if you're moving on the inside of me and if you're, you're moving in me to go forth and do your bidding, I want to make sure I do it. And I share that with you because I thank God that I learned from that experience. And because of that, I've been able to move forth in Bible study, <laughs> move forth in prayer, move forth when people are being baptized. I'm not perfect at it yet. But I share it as an example to say that we want to make sure that there's the working in the environment. And like I said, God is no respecter of persons. Many times we think as we're moving with purpose and moving in purpose, we think that God has to use certain people. I know I think very highly of my pastors and my elders, and I think if they can't get it done, who can? But God is saying, I can still work through you as well. That same spirit that works in them works in you. And as a matter of fact, we are children. We're the fruit of our leaders. And certainly there should, you know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. And so we want to make sure that we're moving forth in purpose. There was a testimony on this past Sunday where minister, um, ministers uh, Tion and uh, Chucky Thorne shared that they moved in purpose. And that even though there was some blockage that was going on anyway, they still pressed their way and they were able to do a mighty work. And they saw, you know, God do um, the miraculous right there in the hospital room. And so, again, when we're trying to understand whether or not we're moving in the purpose of God and confirming our will, we want to make sure that we understand there's the arranging in the environments. There's someone to pray for. There's someone to go over and do to. But we must ask ourselves, are we willing to do the will of God? I'm convinced that most times we know what God's will is. We just sometimes don't want to do it. 
because of self. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. Another thing we can check for is a leading of the Holy Spirit. And I kind of talked about that earlier, where there's this unction on the inside that's moving you. You know it's the Spirit of God. Many times it may, as I said, be asking you to do something that's slightly uncomfortable, or it may be asking you to do something that's going to further the kingdom. We've seen this leading of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, you know, when we've had, um, you know, Philip who came up alongside the chariot of the Ethiopian and prayed for him, and then he got baptized. And we heard, you know, Paul even talking about there were certain places that he was forbidden to go to because of the leading and the unction of the Holy Spirit. So as we're moving with purpose and moving in our purpose and the purpose that God would have us to go forth and do, we want to make sure, one, I want to keep stressing this, that we have a made up mind to do the will of God. It's not enough to know the will of God. It's not enough. It's not enough to know the will of God. It is our part to do the will of God. Yes, once we know it, it's our part to do the will of God. And so there's the arrangement in the environment, there's the leading of the spirit. And then, of course, the last thing that we can look at is uh, the teachings of the scriptures. You know, as we said last time in Hebrews 13 and 21, God is going to make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us, which is well-pleasing in his sight through Christ Jesus, and that we may give him glory um, forever. So when we're wondering those things, when we feel that we're about to move with purpose and moving in our purpose, so to speak, we can ask ourselves certain questions. We can ask ourselves, is it God's work? Is this God's work? We can say, am I the person to do this work? And if you're a believer and if God is moving on you to do it, then yes, you are. Bishop cannot reach everybody. He can't pray for everybody. He needs to use some of his his children, some of his sons and daughters to help him out with that. The third question, is this God's time for such a work to be done? And those are things that we want to make sure that we're being mindful of as we're moving, if you will, um, in our purpose and moving with purpose. Teaching of the Bible and leading of the spirit, that helps us with the first two. Answering whether or not this is God's work and understanding if God is calling us to do a certain thing. But then looking at the environment helps us to understand that timing. And then if necessary, we certainly want to talk to our pastors, our leaders about it, our elders, and and share with him what God is calling us to do. But this is a time that we must move forth in purpose. We must move forth in all that God has called us to do. Greater works, he said, we shall do, and we must move forth in them. No longer can we come forth with different excuses or should we say to ourselves, well, maybe not at this time. Again, I'm putting myself out there and saying, Many times we know the will of God, particularly those of us who have the spirit of God that is what that's dwelling on the inside of us. The question is, are we willing to do what God said? Let us turn our text, our attention back to our text in Nehemiah. And so I chose this text because, you know, I think it's a great one. It's a kind of a short read, maybe 12 or 13 chapters, maybe in, uh, I guess, in the book of Nehemiah. And um, it's great because here he was serving the king at that time. He was his cupbearer. And, you know, based on what I've been able to read about it, life seemed to be okay for Nehemiah anyway. It may not have been okay for some of his brethren, some of the fellow Israelites, but for him, he was there serving the king. He was eating some of the best food. He was privy to all that was going on in the land. And, you know, there he was, and, you know, he was uh, serving the king, and and there, there's a, a relative of his that comes back in Nehemiah one and starts to share with him the condition of Jerusalem, and when uh, this person shared with him the condition of Jerusalem in verse four, 
Let's look at his response. He said, so it was when I heard these words, because he heard that the walls of Jerusalem was broken down and, and that the gates had been burned with fire and, and that the people were sort of spread abroad, so to speak. And when he heard this, he was pricked in his heart. And, and so he sat down and he wept and he mourned for days. And he was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. This is what verse four says. Now, his name means the Lord comforts. And like I said, he was a high statesman. And, you know, and and part of what he was looking to do or what God was looking to use him to do was associate him with some of the other work that Ezra had done to help reestablish the people of Judah uh, in the promised land, so to speak. And so, as I said, he certainly was a cupbearer. But, you know, just like Another great man I know from the Bible, as a matter of fact, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Nehemiah, we'll see, was willing to give up what he was doing and what he was focused in on for the plight of the people. He also um, came with a specific mission. He was coming to help rebuild Jerusalem and restoration right back there. And also he was someone that was very prayerful. If you read in that text and read through the book of Nehemiah, I encourage you to read it uh, when you get a moment. It's a, it's a really good read, I think. And um, and you'll see that he's a very prayerful man and that he depends so much on God about when he should move, what he should say and how he should respond. And of course, his main purpose was not just to get them all back together, but to help bring about restoration. And so, again, as we're talking about moving in purpose or moving with purpose, we look at Nehemiah here and we see that he had some things going on. He was pretty comfortable, but his brethren weren't comfortable. And then there was this godly cause, if you will. And when he heard about what was going on in Jerusalem, what did he immediately do? He started to fast and pray. Let me pause here. If you're wondering about um, a purpose that you can move forth in, you should perhaps ask yourself, what is the thing that kind of vexes me? What burdens me? What's moving me in some way, shape, form, or fashion? You know, if we were back in church, you'd say if you have an issue with the ushers or an issue with the greeters or an issue with the music, is God causing you, calling you to do something about that? You know, are you concerned about the plight of the youth these days out in our communities, so to speak? Well, is God calling you to do something about that? Many times where there's a burden, those things that we tend to like, um, you know, fixate on a little bit and be bothered by the most, God could very well be using those things to call you into a godly purpose and to bring about change. And so what we found here is that Nehemiah expressed discontent with the situation, with the state of the people of God. And certainly in the kingdom of God, as we look around, we know that there is some things to be discontented about. We see the state of our world here and today, and we know that there is indeed a lot of work for those of us to do, to go forth and propel the gospel of um, Jesus Christ. And so there is a cause. I'm reminded of David who says, is there not a cause? And so as we're moving forth, with purpose, with godly purpose, we must remind ourselves of the cause, why we're moving forth, what Christ did, how he died on the cross, and why this is important, why this matters. So we want to make sure, again, that we understand that there is indeed a calling and a godly cause. And then we want to do like Nehemiah did. We want to make sure that we make it an issue of prayer, that we pray about it, that we seek God's face, that we ask God to lead and guide us and, and we ask for mercy and we ask God to direct our minds and our hearts and we ask God to even, you know, put the right people around us and put them in our space, so to speak. And so at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we understand there's this godly cause as we're moving in purpose and that we're moving according to God's purpose. The next thing we want to do is we want to be um, sensitive to the leading of the spirit. 
In this text with Nehemiah, if you go and look further at chapter two, you'll find that four months had passed from the time that Nehemiah heard about the the negative state of Jerusalem. Four months had passed from that time when he had heard that the walls were all broken down. He didn't, it was no fly by night, so to speak. This was something that he was pricked in his heart. That's another way that you know that God is moving you into a purpose or moving you into the will of God. It's something that kind of stays with you, so to speak. And Nehemiah was still praying about that thing and fasting and seeking God in that matter. All the way four months later, when he went forth, before the king, he was still thinking about that thing and had been making it an issue of prayer, asking God to bless his way, asking God to bless, give him grace and mercy, even as he petitioned the king or whomever God would have him to petition. Isn't this a wonderful example of how we can move with purpose? We can make sure that we understand what God's will is. We can make it an issue of prayer and be very prayerful as we go forth and try and do what God is asking us to do. And as he was fasting and praying in verse 11, he says, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attended to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to feel thy name and prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. And so here we are again. Nehemiah is being very purposeful about what he's doing. He understands that God has given him a burden in a certain area. Was everything okay for him? Yes. Was he eating the nice delicacies? Absolutely. Was he probably having the the coolest air he could get in that environment that he was in at that time? Yes, he was. But things were not okay with the people of God. And because things were not okay with the people of God, things were not okay with him. Why? Because he was trying to do God's will and God's purpose. Amen. And so with that leading of the spirit, even four months after hearing that report, what we find is that Nehemiah is now on the scene. And as he's on the scene and he's before the king, you know, we can see that he's now, you know, trying to position himself in front of the king. But the king says, wow, what's wrong with you? Your countenance has fallen. I know this is a familiar text, but when Nehemiah had gone before the king, the king said unto him, why is your countenance sad, seeing that thou you're not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. And so at that point, when the king said this, Nehemiah became afraid. And I want to pause here and share that even when you're moving with purpose, even when you know that God has called you, sometimes you might get a little bit afraid, but you, you feel the fear and you do it anyway because you've already prayed about it. And you know that God is with you and he's preordained this thing that you're looking for to do. And this is why you have to fight the good fight of faith, as our bishop had said on this past Sunday, because just as you're about to go forth and start to activate what God is calling you to do, of course, fear might step in. So you've got to have enough faith and say, you know, now faith is. And you have to move forth in that faith and on that word that God has given you and not allow fear to paralyze you. So he says, then I was so afraid and said unto the king, let the king live forever. And then he, you know, and why was he so afraid, by the way? He had good cause to be afraid. By the way, during that time, the Persian monarchs, oh my goodness, they believed that just by being in their presence would make people happy. And so here was Nehemiah about to not only come on the scene and not be so happy, but he was about to make a request to actually go out of the presence of the king. And and, and not only that, suggesting that he'd rather be somewhere else, but not only that, it was actually this same king, Artaxerxes himself, who had ordered the work on the temple in Jerusalem to be stopped back in Ezra. So Nehemiah needed to be very purposeful about what he was doing. He realized what he was up against, but he knew that if God be for him, then he's more than the world against him and that everything that God does, he does it the right way. And so he moved forth and he said to him, he says, um, 
in the text, let the king live forever. But why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's life waste and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? And he went on to request to return to Jerusalem, to have his walls rebuilt and to restore the community. He was following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Even though he felt the fear in his physical element, he knew that God, there was a godly cause. And he knew that God had called him to this very purpose. And not only that, he made it an issue of prayer. And he'd already invited God into that situation. He'd already asked God to go ahead of him. And he'd asked God for grace and mercy. And then he went on, not only did he do this, but then he started to request the things that he needed. Oh my God, when we're moving with godly purpose, then we can start to have a bit of boldness even right after that fear. And we can start to say, and here are the things that I need. And he went on and started to put forth his petition, so to speak, and ask the king for the things that were needed for this. And this has to do with those arrangements in the environment, like I said, you know, having a godly purpose, making sure you're leading with the spirit and are there arrangements in the environment. And what did we see in Nehemiah 2, 5 and 9? Nehemiah said, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight, ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tomb. And then he went on and asked for letters and he asked for timber and a whole host of other things. And what do we see here? God granted it. Because Nehemiah actually said, and the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God upon me. It seems like the king granted it, but the king had no choice but to bow to the will of God. And that's what we're saying. As we're moving with purpose in God, others have no, they, they have no other choice but to bow to the will of God. Because when we're moving according to God's purpose and his plan, who can stand in front of us? And then the very last thing has to do with the alignment of the scripture. Uh, Nehemiah knew, many of us are familiar with Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts to do you good and not harm, thoughts to bring you to a perfect end. But if you look back at Jeremiah 29 and 10, he was talking to these same people who had been spread abroad. And God said, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. And then he went on in verse 11 and said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And so I share that with you because what I want to make sure you understand is that we also have to grab a hold of that word of God, because when God is calling us to move with godly purpose, certainly we want to make sure that there's a godly cause. We want to understand the leading of the spirit. We want to make sure that we uh, have the arrangement in the environments, but we want to make sure we're aligning with the scripture of God so that we know what God is doing. And as we're doing that, we can move forth in purpose, just as Nehemiah did. But even as he moved forth in purpose, let me say to you, that wasn't the end of it. He had to learn how to uh, recruit people and share purposely when it was time with others so that they can join in on this mighty work that he was doing. He also had to deal with opposition from outside of the group. He had people that were snickering and laughing at him. People who were sort of like teasing, saying if a fox ran up on the, the fence that they were building up, that it would fall down and almost um, speaking untruths about him, so to speak. And, you know, and, and they kept doing this and, and they kept coming after them. And it got so bad to one point that, you know, the people who were building the wall, they had the weapons in one hand and they had their tool in the other hand. And this is the fight for our faith, if you will, and for love, because we know that faith is a key weapon for us, along with the word of God. And, you know, we know in Corinthians, it says, if I have not love, then I'm nothing. And as we're going forth, as we're moving with purpose to do the will of God, we must make sure that we ourselves are prepared to understand that 
that opposition will come. And I believe our bishop also says that the kingdom of God suffered violence, but the violent taketh by force. We must know who we are and whose we are. We know that if God is for us, as I said before, he's more than the world against us. We must stand fast on our faith. We must make sure that we understand that if God says it, that settles it, not one jot or tittle of his word will touch the ground. It will accomplish that which it sent forth to do. And we must stand forth, stand fast and believe the word of the God. Whose report will you believe on tonight? Will you believe the report of the Lord? Will you know that God has called you to a special purpose? Will you know that God has many purposes in your life? Do you know that God will help you understand what those purposes are? The question is, are you willing to do what God asked you to do? Are you willing to conform to what those purposes are? And so in closing, again, with Nehemiah, he was able to do some of those things that we've talked about. He was able to adapt to new challenges that came forth. See, just because you start moving on in those purposes doesn't mean that it's all settled and done. No, they continue to come. Attacks continue to come, but God continued to provide a way. And even when things started happening inside of his group, he was able to you know, make it an issue of prayer and stand on the word of God and bring forth some resolution. But on tonight, the, the, the thing that I want to make sure that you take away, you ask this question of yourself. You know, it's not so much if we know what our purpose is and know what God is calling us to do. I think a good chunk of us understand that. If you don't know, then like I said, check for the arrangement in the environment. Look for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Look at the teachings of the scriptures. And certainly you can go to our leaders, our pastors, and, and get guidance. But because many of us do know, we have the word of God on the inside of us. The scripture says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against me. We know that we have the spirit of God living on the side of us that leads and guides us, that unctions us, if you will. And so then the question is, will we be the people to choose God's will? Will we choose to do what God says or will we lean to our own understanding? Will we allow fear? Will we allow possible embarrassment? Will we allow other things to hinder us from moving forward with godly purpose? We are aligned, right? We're ready, right? And now we're trying to move, but we must choose. We must choose. I want to close with a story by an unknown author, and it goes like this. A fellow was on top of the roof of his second story home, putting up a television antenna. It was, a, it was large and tall, and he was trying to attach the guy wires from the antenna to the second section of the roof. Well, the wind was blowing and making it all the more difficult for him to do what he was trying to do. Suddenly, he began to slip, and he slid down that roof until he caught himself on the little metal rain gutter that went around the eaves of the second floor. In panic, he held on, and eventually he decided to scream up to heaven. Isn't there anybody up there who can help me? And a voice from heaven came. I can help you. The man said, well, what shall I do? And the voice from heaven said, let go and I'll catch you. And the man said, is there anybody else up there? Who can help me? So on tonight, I want to challenge you and me to move forth in our purpose. Do it anyway, afraid even, trembling even, but don't allow those feelings to stop you from moving forth in purpose. We must get moving. Why? Because we're not an accident. 
Even before God created the universe, he had you and me in mind. He has a very specific purpose for each of us to do. Won't you join me in moving forward in our purpose? Won't you join us, Redeemed Assembly, as we move forward in the purpose of God? You pray my strength in the Lord.